Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Welcome into the Insiders. I am James Ham. Of course, Kyle Madsen is on vacation this week, so we're doing James as friends. We brought in Jake Gaden from CBS 13. Jake, what's going on, man? What's, up? what's going on, James? Thanks for having me, my friend. Yeah, it's it's good to uh, like mix it up a little bit every day. So, you know, Jesse, we had a great conversation yesterday. Uh, the day before, we had Jerry Reynolds. Tomorrow, we may or may not have one of my other friends. Maybe it, it sounds like Schmom. Cunningham. <laughs> Cunningham? Cunningham is going to be on the show. Yes, something like that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good. We're just here to talk sports, right, Jake? Oh, love it. That That's what we do every single day. That's right. Okay, so uh, let's jump right into this. Shoot. Um, the big news of yesterday, I think it overtook everything. It became like the story of the day was, of course, Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan to go to the Los Angeles Chargers, which still sounds weird, the San Diego Chargers, whatever. Um even when you think about it, like didn't he he coached at San Diego State? Jim Harbaugh did at one point, so it it almost feels like he should go back to San Diego and they should move the team back, back to, to San, San Diego. Diego. Yeah, Harbaugh's back. Let's just go back to where we were. That made more sense. Um, is this as big a deal as people are making it out to be? Because I'm not sure. I think it is because of how he left the 49ers and then went to Michigan, had all that success, and then finally culminated this past year in a national championship. Do I think he'll be successful with the Chargers? Well, that's a whole other question. I think it's a big deal because of how the Chargers have chargered plenty of times the past couple of years. Okay. I think if he could fix that, then it's a, the biggest deal on the face of the earth. For me, that's – I like the move because I think Los Angeles, San Diego, whatever you want to call it, needed to make a move to to get someone in there to set a culture over there because they, they haven't had culture in a couple of years. Yep. And I think that – is why it's a bigger deal. But for you, I'm guessing it's it's a little different? Well, I, the way I'm looking at it is, like, look, he was great with the Niners, but that was a decade ago, Okay, right? And you can go to the college game and say, oh, well, he's still been coaching. But, like, it's different. Like, coaching in college, coaching in the pros, like, he can still be successful, and he might be one of the great coaches. We'll have to see. But he's only been a head coach in the NFL for four years. And during those four years, he was he was really good. Like don't don't get me wrong. I mean, he led the the Forty ers to an NFC Championship game. His record is incredible over that stretch. And I think the one thing about the Chargers' job that I I will just keep pointing to is that you know they do have Justin Herbert, so you're not starting from from scratch. And Austin Eckler. Yeah, well, I mean, Austin Eckler is getting up there, and, and but he's still really good. But he is getting up there. Uh, you know, they've got some receivers. They've they've got some players. But if I'm a coach like Harbaugh, I'm not coming to a team. That, you know, I don't know. It's Taylor Heineke and uh, <laughs> and who's the other kid that like it doesn't what, even... the Washington Commanders Sam Howell. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm staying I, away from that. Yeah, I'm not going to one of those jobs where it's like, okay, what am I doing? Like, where do I start? And and he, you at least know where you're starting mm-hmm. with with the Chargers. So I think it's a good spot for him. If I were choosing a spot for him, and if I, if I were him, that's where I would go. You know, it's not only it's a great city, you know, like the lifestyle is good, but you're also going to 
really have a lot of money to spend and everything else. Um, but still, I, I have a little, little trepidation about a coach coming back after not coaching in the NFL for some, and then just thinking that he's going to be the same guy. Because I mean, being a raw raw guy at at the college level, that lasts for about like two months at the pro level before they're like, look, we're done with you. I mean, it's like on the basketball side, like great coaches have tried to transition like Rick Pitino, like multiple times tried to transition from the college game to the pro game and just completely fell flat. So I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, it should be interesting, right? Can I tell you the one thing I am looking forward to? Uh-oh. The Harbaugh Bowl. Oh. They, they play the first year Baltimore against the Chargers in SoFi Stadium. I think it's October. Yeah. Those games are always great. Hmm. Okay. That's the probably, and I think that's that rivalry. It's not even a rivalry because of how close they are, but like if you talk, you hear them both talk about each other and how they that they're they're upbringing with their dad and how he with their coach's sons and you know they're ultra competitive. Like still at age what fifty or sixty that they're at, like they still want to beat each other up like they're seven or eight years old. So I think that's the fun part about it. I think it is a good story. You know, it is. It, you know, you want to see uh, people have success, but having two brothers in the league that can go up against each other, I think I think that's great. Mm -hmm. So um, we've got more news. Like uh, Sacramento Kings, of course, uh, they held practice yesterday. Tonight they take on the Golden State Warriors. This will be the fourth game this season against the Golden State Warriors. And final as long as they don't play in the playoffs can again. We, can we, do you, you jinxed us. I, I'm really hoping it's you the final game. <laughs> I, I'm so sick and tired of seeing the Golden State Warriors, and I you know, I don't even play. Um, just like it's so often that they've played. And, you know, we're talking, even though it's, well, we're game 42, 43 into the season, this is a lot of times that these two teams have played. So um, I, I'm kind of glad to see it, uh, you know, kind of get over with. Like, this will be the last time this season. Mark my words. It will be the last time this season. If not, I'm coming in in May and saying, James, do you remember the time on January 25th <laughs> where you decided to say, oh, this will be the last time we play the Golden State Warriors, then we play them in like a play-in game or something like that? Oh, man, that would be brutal. That, that would, would be, be awful. Absolutely brutal for the Sacramento Kings if they played the Warriors in a play-in game. Um, the Warriors are coming off a super emotional night. They played the Hawks last night. It's the second game of a back-to-back, -back, but I'm going to kind of throw that out the window because it's the second game of a back-to-back -back after the Warriors just had a week off. And, of course, we, the Warriors had a week off because of the passing of one of their assistant coaches. Absolutely horrible situation. Um, and, you, you know, you feel for them. But that first game, you expected them to have all the emotions, all the feelings. I don't know what that looks like the second day. I, I have a feeling that, you know, we might have a Warriors team that is slightly emotionally void. Um, now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they come in and this is a new life for them and, they they they're taking you know this thing to heart and uh, this is going to be like the driving force behind the rest of their season, but I think it's really difficult when you you're aging you don't have the talent you had before. I'm not saying that they're they're going to lose to the Sacramento Kings tonight. I have no idea what's going to happen. Like if you have some sort of magic eight ball that tells you whether the Kings are going to win or lose every night, you could be really rich because I don't think anyone else knows what's going to happen from one night to the next. But what are you expecting? sort of to see from the Warriors tonight. I think you, you nailed, it, nailed it on its head. I think emotionally spent is definitely something I'm looking into. Um, that was the, the ceremony last night, the pregame stuff. You saw Clay, you saw Draymond both shedding tears, but, you know, that's emotional right there. Oh, like, yeah. Especially Draymond Green. We're, we're used to seeing the opposite uh, of, of, of that type of emotion out of him, if that makes any sense. Well, he's emotional one way or the other. I would just say, like, emotional people are emotional. emotional. And so sometimes it comes out, you know, one way. But I would also assume that there are pretty, a lot of other situations where he is emotional in a different way that we just don't see. Still, I think that that, that team, it just takes a lot out of you after celebrating a guy like that. I will say this, though. Jonathan Kamingo played well for them last night. Like, okay. did, like the dude looked like he could be the second coming of their 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 resurgence of a young core uh, and you can a piece you can build around but uh, Steph didn't have to play that much Clay did play I think he had 24 last night if I'm correct on this something like that um, like both of them around 24 25 but they got they didn't have to play a close game and that's the, that's what I'm expecting tonight out of this game I every single time the Warriors and Kings play the final four minutes decides the game okay and I think that's what, what we're gonna look at tonight as well
Yeah, I'm expecting the Kings. The Kings have had a really strange week as well. Oh, my goodness, yeah. They haven't been in, oh. embroiled in all of that stuff, but we have had, you know, sort of this weird situation with De'Aaron Fox not looking like De'Aaron Fox. Uh, there's been some stuff with the media. Um, you know, there's been stuff with players not speaking to the media. We'll, we'll get into that in, in, a, in a few minutes, but I think also, you know, they haven't played a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So they had the three-day weekend, which was strange, but then they had a game and then a couple of days off, and now they're playing again, and then they're they're gone. Like, this is the beginning of a seven-game road trip that will take them all over the map. And I, I think this is, you have to get this road trip off to the right, on the right step, or you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Because this is, I, to me, it's one of those season-defining road trips. Do you think so? Yeah, I mean, it's leading into... All-star break? Uh, well, not only all-star break, but the trade deadline. You know, they basically, they get back on February... Their last game's on February 5th. They'll get back on February 6th and play on the 7th against Detroit, and then the, the trade deadline's the 8th. So we'll get into that as well a little bit later we're... in the show. There's going to be a lot of changes that could happen, or maybe not, between now and the time we see this team at home at, Go- at Golden One Center again, and I- I'm kind of intrigued to see what's happening. I was going to ask you, do you think the same roster that just got on the bus yesterday that went to San Francisco will be the same type of players that are coming off the plane in a week and a half from now. No, I don't. But I could be wrong. Okay. I mean, last year they did nothing at the trade deadline outside of, you know, trading. Kessler Edwards? They got a couple you of did, You're not telling me Kessler Edwards wasn't the biggest thing since sliced bread? The two-way <laughs> star? He dropped 36 in the G League the other day, baby. Oh, my goodness. Get excited! <laughs> Sorry. I'm not getting excited about uh, it's just, just like if that's your transaction, if it's a move like that, it doesn't move the needle unless we're still really, really hyper-focused on winning a G League championship. I am I am ready to go. Okay? You're, you're jo- ready? Jordan Ford has MVP candidacy. You're ready for the parade going straight down the middle of Stockton? Yes. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Where do you think it ends and starts, though? That's the question. I, okay? I don't know. Like, is there a power-in road there? It feels like there is. I don't know. How much security Mace are we going to need for that? Okay. Uh, that's a good question, man. That's a that's a very, very interesting question. Uh, Jake, outside of that, uh, you know, we're going to talk Kings most of the day, but it does feel like there's this weird thing that's happening in the NBA where yes. nobody, nobody plays defense anymore. Like last night, five different teams scored 130, and I, I don't think there was a single overtime game. Um, what it, what exactly is happening? Because it, it feels like the NBA is just, like everyone feels like it's an all-star game every night. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think it, it's the way the game is being called. I think it's definitely changed. Poorly. Poorly, and I think I think it's also your the offensive player is be given so much more latitude on what he can and can't do compared to the defensive player. Um, and I think the best example of this, James, and you'll like this. I think you'll like this example is Mike Brown the other other week where he had the post game press conference with the computer. What is a verticality? Oh yeah. What what is called a verticality? What is not a verticality? What is a foul? What's not? That's where I think a lot of the offensive efficiency being bumped up this year is trending hmm. in that direction. Okay. I, I'm, How about yourself? I'm still not convinced that that's a 14-point play that makes it, you know, a game that, that like, the combined score is going to be, like, 250. Because every night it feels like there's at least, like, five games that are 250. You know who likes this, though? Everybody who bets the over for these games. I, I think I, I think the fans like it, too. Yes. It is it is at least a fun style of basketball, as long as the game is competitive, mm-hmm. which I think it's more difficult to have a competitive game that's 130 to 120 than it is to have like a competitive game that's around 100, um, just because 90, yeah. things don't get out of control. So, All right, we're going to step away. When we come back, uh, we're going to dive into this De'Aaron Fox stuff. Uh, we're going to talk more Kings and... Uh, then we've got a whole day filled with interesting topics. So you're listening to The Insiders on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. We'll see you in a sec. Now, back to The Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back in. I'm James Ham. Joining me today, Jake Gaden from CBS 13. No Kyle Madsen this week. He is on a beach somewhere enjoying his, I think, close to afternoon where he's at. So good for him. Where do you end up going? Uh, he is in on the beautiful island of Kauai. So if there are people out there stalking 
uh, Kyle Madsen. He is on Kauai. You will have to fly there to find him. He's probably just waking up right now then, huh? Because they're three hours behind us, right? Are they behind? Yeah, yeah I think they're, they're behind. They're behind. Oh, so he's probably having a mimosa somewhere. Seven fifteen. I think he's dead asleep right now. No, because at this point, Kyle's already been up for like eight hours on most days. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't get away from that. I. I. Uh, I feel bad for Kyle because next week coming back is going to be absolutely brutal. I believe it. Yeah, because Kyle. Uh, he's up at. I want to say 3.30, he's out of the house by 4, he's here by 5.30 every day. Bless his heart. So to get back that cycle is going to be very difficult next week. I don't even, actually since you went backwards, so he's actually getting more time, uh, his clock is going to be all messed up. It's going to be a long week next week. We'll we'll deal with it when, when we get to it. I, feel, I don't feel bad for Kyle because he's enjoying himself uh, in a very sunny location. But at the same time, um, there's gonna there's gonna be hell to pay for that week. All I know is this: we have opposite schedules. I go to bed when he wakes up. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, I, I'm in, yeah yes. I'm, I'm like a, a midnight one o'clock guy, a midnight twelve thirty um, bedtime guy, which is tough because you know I get up early to get here, mm-hmm. and then on game nights, that's I I kind of have the schedule of uh, like someone who's covered a team for a long time. Like I I have to drive home after a game. I get home around. 11, 30, 12 every night, sometimes a little later. And then I can't sleep for an hour plus. You're thinking about stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're coming down off a game. You're coming down off of writing or, you know, producing content, whatever it is that you're doing. And then next thing you know, you, you can't sleep. And plus you have to eat because you're, you're starving in the middle of the night because we have dinner at like six before the game. And, you know, six, seven hours later, you're like, okay, it's just not a healthy lifestyle. Um, yeah, it's sort of the, uh, I, I always give young reporters like, okay, you need to get on a schedule. You need to take care of your body. You need to not have back problems like I have. You need to eat better. And I've had a couple of people come back to me afterwards. They're like, man, you're like Logan Murdoch's like, man. <laughs> He's like, you told me. And I was just like, come on, man. Don't tell me like that I got to eat better. I'm like, He's like, next thing I know, I got like the, the freshman 40. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, bro, it happens quickly. It's a bad lifestyle. It's not healthy for anyone. So uh, well, let's get into this uh, this year in Fox situation. Sure. Um, did you have any, uh, like you watched the video yesterday. I watched the video yesterday. Neither one of us were able to be there, but you had your representation there. I have my people that were there. Uh, we were able to see everything. It sort of feel like whatever the weight of the world that was on De'Aaron Fox's shoulders has lifted. And I know, um, you know, he had, not spoken to the media for a little while. He spoke to the media right before the game um, on what day is today? What Monday. On, on Monday, right? And uh, I think that that, like, I don't think it was cathartic. I, I think he probably, like, didn't feel great coming out of that. But then, you know, he makes uh, the final 41 for Team USA. He, he just looks like he had a little bounce in his step, a little different demeanor than what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, which to me is a good thing. I never thought it was the reason why he hasn't been playing was an off the field or off the court or off the field issue. I think with him, the reason that there's something, something that's been weighing on him, if it off the court stuff, if, if that is, I don't think it's been affecting his on the play stuff. I think he's kind of banged up a little bit for the on on the court stuff. So I want to separate both, both if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Um, Cause I don't think one has to do with the other. I think they're two separate issues off the court stuff. Yes, I think if there's a weight been lifted, I think he's like, okay, these guys are not here to attack us, and I don't think we ever have been. I think we're here just to report on his what what he's doing, the the, the success that he has had, um, and I think because of that, uh, there has been some, I don't know how to put it, James, maybe um, confusion would that be the best way of saying it in terms of just you know what expectations were and everything like that, or am I is that too much in the gray area? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that this team is like they're a little caught up in expectations, okay. right? They're a little caught up in what they feel like they should be and what they currently are. I think there's also a little bit of a situation where you get to a certain point in the season and you know that your team is who who they are, right? And there can be some improvement. You know, Keegan Murray can get better. Kevin Mur- uh, Kevin Herter can start hitting his shots uh more often and you know Harrison Barnes can be more active like so there's a way for this team to improve 
just by the same guys being there. And, you know, maybe they get on a run and they start looking more like themselves from last year. But I think you still look around and as a player, if you are, you know, really into the game like De'Aaron Fox is, you very quickly understand that that this team is not a championship contending team in the way that they're designed today. Mm-hmm. That there will need to be moves and changes and there comes a point where you can see that there's a ceiling. And I think for Fox, he might see it before everyone else because he spent five years looking at a ceiling like very early in a, in a season and seeing the telltale signs that this thing isn't going where you want it to go. And so sometimes I think like for a player like him, like he doesn't want to see this happen again. He doesn't want to get put back in a situation where it's a perpetual cycle of losing. And that's something that maybe it's a little bit of a he's a little gun shy on it. But from what I know, there is no like personal issue with with uh, with De'Aaron Fox. There is no like we don't need to send thoughts and prayers. There is no, there's nothing going on that needs to be addressed or anything else. There there's some miscommunication when it came to the media and the way things were handled following a game, which uh, like, I think he felt like kind of put him in an awkward situation where he's being called out by fans and everything else. When he realistically wasn't given the opportunity to go talk and and didn't really think it was part of what he was doing that night, whatever it might be Uh, miscommunications all around. Um, We can all break bread and move forward, hopefully and whatever that was, but it's not like some, you know, major situation going on behind the scenes with De'Aaron Fox. There is, I've heard people say, oh, you know, he he decided not to take the two-year extension. The two-year extension is hooey. No one is taking the no, two-year extension. Seriously, The further you get into your, your deal, uh, the better for you. Like, the last thing you want to do is sign a two-year extension that ends when you're 29, and then you might not get the big money that you thought you were going to get because you took the extension too early. And so he's waiting, plus... There's a whole television deal thing that's hiding out there that at some point is going to happen, and that means that his salary could go up because his salary is going to be based off of 30 or 35% of the salary cap. It's not going to be based off of some arbitrary number. And so for him, it's like, no, I'm not signing an extension. And the Kings, I, they did it out of courtesy. Like, hey, would you like to sign an extension? It's like, yeah, I'm okay. It's like, okay, yeah, we understood that. But, you know, we gave Sabonis one. We just want to make sure we're not, like, stepping on toes. And it's like, oh, no, no, I'm good. You're going to have to give me a much larger Brinks truck next time. Is that through Rich Paul, you think, or is that directly through Darren? No, I think that they have conversations. Like, uh, maybe they call his agent, but at the same time, like, like Darren is there. Darren was in Sacramento the whole time. Like, they could just walk down and say, hey, we know the answer, but, you know, do you want to— Is there a discussion here? Do you want to sign an extension now, like a two-year extension? And the answer is going to be no. Like, everybody knows— like the the numbers, like what the numbers could look like versus to today, if he signs that extension versus what they could look like if he if he waits, and like it would be foolish for him to to not wait. So again, I don't think there there's nothing going on here. It's just got in a little bit of a bad mood, mm. and, and like didn't want to talk to the media, and and that's okay sometimes. And like I'm a guy who's covered Deer and Fox for hundreds and hundreds of games. That dude has stood in and took the brunt of it for like 100 plus times when this team got kicked like just got beat down and he always took this took the podium and and answered the tough questions even if he didn't want to and you could tell he didn't want to that's not who he is he's not running he's not hiding from it um and so i like again i'm not someone who who makes all that much out of it just uh, we got to get through it right i agree I, I, I want to also just give a quick shout-out to Jason Anderson from the SAC B for just squashing it. Because I think if that question wasn't asked at the end of, like, hey, do you have an issue with the media, I think me and you are still speculating here. Is it something that we did wrong? Because yeah. I, I think that puts everything to bed, and now we can talk about basketball, especially the big big news yesterday of uh, him being selected, or two days ago, being selected to Team USA after which do you remember this i you know i asked him at the beginning of the year hey your name's been connected to team usa and he had no comment on it and then he gets included in the top 41 he's like yeah i'd love to represent my country and everything like that which i thought was a very interesting follow up after maybe 4 months ago being asked the same thing and not providing a comment on it i think that there's a lot to unpack there and we're going to have to do it after the break okay so. <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to the insiders on espn 
1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. I'm James. He's Jake, filling in for Kyle. We'll be back in a few minutes. This hour of the show is brought to you by... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. What's going on, everybody? I'm James Ham. Joining me today, ES- CB, CBS 13's. I can be ESPN 1320 as there well. There you go. All right. Uh, Jake Gaten is joining me, uh, filling in for Kyle Madsen. Um, before we headed to the break, we were talking about De'Aaron Fox and getting invited to Team USA. Like mm-hmm. I- I've been around long enough to have seen this happen before, where he, actually, to be honest with you, uh, nominated Team USA competition. Um, and, you know, basically what happens is Team USA typically goes to Las Vegas mm-hmm. and they work out on the campus of UNLV. They have a gym there that they use that's attached to the Thomas and Mack Center and the Cox Center uh, that's like sitting right there. And it's a great spot. Everyone's having a good time. Um, you know, the players like to be in Vegas for a couple of days. It's usually a three or four day camp. Then when they break camp there, uh, a lot of times they'll go to another training, like the Lakers training facility to because it's close. Um, but also like that's where you're going to start playing games and stuff. And um, there was this summer where both Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox were invited. De'Aaron was a talk at camp. And actually, so was Marvin, to be honest with you. Marvin was uh, a last second addition as like a select team guy. He worked his way from being a select team guy to all of a sudden he was going to get invited to the second week of of, uh, Team USA. And then he said, no, he said, I don't want to go. And they're like, oh, okay." Like there was an outside shot of him actually making the Olympic team. Fox, on the other hand, was dominating. And, you know, again, everyone should know that Harrison Barnes is part of this as well. Right. Harrison Barnes has been part of Team USA. He's represented the country multiple times throughout his career. And like so you have like sort of this little King's family working together. And um, when they got to they got to L.A. the second week, again, Fox is dominating the action. He's he's literally the talk of the camp. Everyone's saying how good he's playing, that he's a shoe in to make the roster. Then we get to Friday night and they play Spain, the Spanish national team, mm-hmm. which is filled with like crazy, like great Ricky players. Rubio. Well, Gasol. yeah, but also like um, Sergio Rodriguez and uh, Rudy Fernandez. Ooh, I forgot about him. Yeah, so you you have all of these older guys that you forgot, the older NBA players that have gone back to Europe and but they still play for the national team. And Fox didn't play. Like he played a couple of minutes in both halves, and Derek White had somehow mystically moved ahead of him in Greg Popovich's rotation. (laughs) And Fox got to that night where the game's over. 
The next day they're getting on a plane to Australia where they're going to play for like two weeks and then they're going to China. So they're trying to get acclimated to time zones and all that. And they were they wanted like a six week commitment out of Fox right then, but without committing to actually him making the team. They were going to carry extra bodies with them to Australia. He had the wedding of Chris Gaston coming up, his, his longtime agent at that time. And it just became like a no. Like I, I, he didn't get on the team plane. And so I'm surprised that, that this has come full circle. I'm glad that Grant Hill reached out to him because that's part of yesterday's story is Grant Hill having a conversation with him and saying, hey, like we want you as part of the program. Like let's let's have a conversation. And De'Aaron Fox was part of the program as a high schooler. I was going to say, you're forgetting this. He was at U18, U16 team. With, yes. And, and played with Malik, if I'm correct on that, on that U16 team. Yeah, it's probably, I think he probably also played with Harry Giles. Yes, uh, he did. Like, he did. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so he's been part of the program, but – Usually, when you say no to Team USA and you step away, mm-hmm. they're bitter and angry, and they and they blackball you, <laughs> yes. and you don't get to invite it back. I think it's good that Team USA is opening their doors back to De'Aaron Fox. I don't know if he'll make the team or not. It's it's a really crowded field of great players, and it's going to be very difficult for anyone to make that team. Uh, they're only taking twelve with them to Paris in, in the summer. But like, what what did you get out of that conversation with him yesterday? I think. He's interested. He's intrigued by this situation. I think uh, he, Darren wants to be part of the, the uh, talked in that same conversation as the best players in the NBA. And, and that is pretty relevant when you're being asked to be in Team USA and play for that team with some of the greats. And he brought up yesterday, I think that the great one was the Redeem team, is was the team that he grew up watching and grew up, you know, rooting for as Team USA and saying, hey, I wish I could be on that team. I think that's a lot of where Team USA basketball is right now. They didn't do well this past year in that FIBA World Championship. Um, I think the reason why Grant Hill has kind of taken over that Team USA roster and the roster configuration is they're looking for some fresh new guys to kind of take over the roster and move forward. Uh, I did not think they had the best roster going into that FIBA World Championship, and I think they need to get more commitments from uh, bigger star players to, to play in that game. I think, though... That FIBA World Championship brought Anthony Edwards to the forefront of what everything everything going on and stuff like that. Um, but for De'Aaron, I think this is something that he's intrigued about. He's interested in. I um, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it or past the first round of cuts. Um, I just I wonder if he like you said how this is going to be a loaded team. Is De'Aaron okay? Maybe coming off the bench. Probably he's going to have to coming off the bench and maybe getting very limited amount of minutes and roles to, to be on this team, but you're competing for a gold medal. Like that's, that's where I don't know where De'Aaron is at with stuff. Okay. Yeah. And I would say too, there's a big like commitment difference between again, going to Australia for, for two weeks and then going to China for like four weeks and going to Paris. Like Paris is like, you know what? An 11 hour plane ride, Right. You can, if, if someone needs to come visit or if the family wants to go, Paris is very, uh, like, tourist-friendly and, and everything. Like, people want to go. To Paris. I'm not saying they don't want to go to Australia or they don't want to go to China, but I think it's a lot easier to sell, sell your family on, like, hey, would you like to go to Paris for three or four weeks? Like, mm, yes, I would. I would like to go to Paris. Let's go to Eiffel Tower. Like, Rissé is like, Darren. I haven't been to the Eiffel Tower yet. Let's bring rain. There's a good photo that could be had. Let's rock and roll from there. Yeah, I mean, they they did, like, for their honeymoon, they went to Italy. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I think that they would enjoy the, the, like, experience of going to Europe and hanging out and doing doing Team USA. Now, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to make the team or not. And I, I think this is sort of the battle of, if you're Grant Hill, do do you make it, like, the last hurrah for... LeBron James and for Steph Curry and for, you know, Kevin Durant? Or do you be realistic about where you're heading and, like, try to build up the next generation of players? And I think you're a little bit torn, especially after what happened in the last, you know, round where they they did not play well in international play. So, yeah, I think that he's going to be on the short list. I don't – he's also a player, like, being around him as much as I have – He's not someone who seeks this stuff. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't so much care about the All-Star game. His idea of the All-Star game is that if we're good enough as a team and I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm going to make the All-Star team. But he's not like, oh, man, I got to get on that All-Star, All-Star. team. He He's 
feels disrespected when he's not, but it's more like the certificate, the the plaque that you get, the the jersey that you get to go hang at your house somewhere. It says, look, I was at the all. I was in an NBA All Star. It's not the whole like rigmarole of being at All Star Weekend and doing all the events. It's really taxing. It's it, you know, and especially for someone who has a young child, like you want to be at home. You want to you want to take a week off from the game, and that's okay. And so for me, I think that like this is going to be interesting to see if he's all in, and if he's all in and he goes out there and performs the way that he can, uh, I think that that yeah, you could see him like, uh, you know, like he could put his his stamp on this thing. So I don't know. Um, Jake, let's get to the super super uncomfortable. Okay. Um, during uh during. The weekend, we had this report from Matt Moore, the Action Network. And look, I've known Matt Moore for a long time. And um, like, I don't know where he get where he got his information on this or, or anything else. And I, the way it was presented was slightly strange that, hey, it was kind of thrown in the Charlotte Hornets blog part, but not the Sacramento Kings blog part. Um, but according to people that he knows, the Sacramento Kings have been one of the teams that have kicked the tires on Miles Bridges. And we've on this show, we've we've sat here and we've like fully broke down like the financial, like everything of like trading for OG Ananobi and trading for Pascal Siakam and trading for Kyle Kuzma and trading for um, Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, Grant. Right. Like all of these names we've gone through. And I think like in all fairness, we can't just ignore the fact that this report is out there and, and act like it doesn't exist. Even if we sometimes want to act like it doesn't exist, um, there is like I, I'm not telling everybody there's fire out there, but there at least is some smoke, and there is there has not been a a vehement denial from the franchise that that they have at least thought about bringing to Miles Bridges, and I think on paper you know he's an interesting player. You know he's six foot seven, two hundred twenty five pounds, super athletic. He's twenty five years old. He fits the player arc. He averages 20.7 points. He averaged seven rebounds, 2.9 assists, a steal. Uh, you know, he's not bad from the field, 46% from the field, 35.6% from three. You could see a world in which he would fit in with the Sacramento Kings roster. But he is a player that it goes well beyond that, right? And Jake, uh, what are your first thoughts when you hear that the Sacramento Kings, whether they are or not, but like we have to, we have to discuss it as if, you know, like what if? The what if. So where are your initial thoughts when you hear Miles Bridges? I think about culture. That's where I start. Because Mike Brown has built this culture for the past year and a half of, of being connected, being a team, being that quote unquote all in mentality. And the baggage that comes in with Miles Bridges, of course, um, with the domestic violence stuff. I don't know how that affects your culture and what that does for a locker room. Um, the player, what the production he can provide is exactly what the Kings could get and would want, especially if you're something that's coming off the bench and for low-level trade pieces. But I sit there and say to myself, is that worth it? Is he worth it to, to take on that off-the-field stuff? Personally, I don't believe so. I would rather go all in on another player or stand pat with the guys that we have than try to bring in a guy that could shake up a dynamic within a team that's already pretty good. How much would that change? I don't know, and I think that's why they're kicking the tires on it and saying, okay, I wonder I wonder how people would feel about this. How would our leaders feel about this? How would our coaching staff feel about this? How would the fan base feel about this? Because... Again, if he didn't have the off-the-field issues or off-the-court issues, I would say let's make that trade in 30 seconds. But because the off-the-field issues are happening, because that court date is right after the trade deadline, like, it worries me a little bit. It really does. And I, I think you have that same sentiment, especially when it comes to, you know, hey, yes, you can get him for cheap, but is that cheapness worth the risk-reward that, that comes with it? Yeah, there's a couple of things. So, like, first and foremost, um, he's an unrestricted free agent after the year. I was going to say. So, yeah. like, just to break down the dynamics of it, if you trade for a guy like this, you do, re I believe you get his Larry Bird rights. So you can yes. 
you can sign him to an extension during the offseason. But uh, what he did is he's playing for the qualifying offer this year. So he went through his four years of rookie scale. And then in the fifth year, if uh, a team has to extend a qualifying offer to you, um, or they can let you go, uh, or they can sign you to an extension, right? They had extended the qualifying offer, Charlotte had, and he accepted the qualifying offer. So he only makes like, I think it's 7.9 million bucks this year. So like trading for him, like if you go in the trade machine and you guys, everyone knows where to find this stuff. I do it. I do it all the time. You can easily trade. Uh, there are like probably six different combinations of players that you can like throw in there, like whether it's Trey Lyle straight up or whether it's Davion Mitchell straight up or it's Chris Duarte and player X. Like there's a way to get him. And like, to be honest with you, it's, it's already out there that the Hornets are not bringing him back for another season. At least it, that was the early reports of this season. Um, you talked about the, the locker room stuff and I, I think that there's, there's always these weird dynamics, right? So like, this is such a strange situation I don't know locker room wise whether he's a bad guy or not in the locker room. Like I, I don't know that. Be, but I do know that the Kings have Jay Triano who coached in Charlotte, and they have Malik Monk who played with him for years. So they have the opportunity. They even have like a staff member that worked for the Charlotte Hornets that could like give them a a dossier on what it's like to be around him on a regular basis, right? So there is that dynamic, and then you have the fan dynamic. And the fan dynamic, for those who don't know, um, he did plead, uh, Miles Bridges pled no contest to domestic violence, but uh, it was not good. It was one of the, like, he basically, he was suspended 30 games, but they gave him time served for basically missing all of last season because no one would sign him. Um, and so he he was suspended a little bit early in the season, but uh after that situation, he's on probation for three years. He had to take a year of parenting classes, a, uh, a year of anger management courses, um, like all of these things. They're built into what he his his uh, probation. But during the probation, he had another incident to turn himself in for, and that was allegedly throwing billiards balls at the windshield of the same woman while the kids were in the car during a custody handoff. Right. So there was uh, another situation where they felt threatened and in, in a you know, situation. And he has a court date for that, which is what you talked about, which is, I think, February 20th. Yes. Which will say whether he violated his his probation, probation all that stuff. So um, there's this weird thing that happened, though, Jake, because Shoot. I watched the fan reaction when Josh Getty was building and Josh Getty you know, uh, had a relationship with a, with a young lady. Um, at this point, the police have not been able to like verify what happened. People won't talk. Uncooperative. Uncooperative. So they've dropped the case. But when Josh Giddy touched the ball every single time at Golden One Center, he was booed like crazy. And it's not just the Golden One Center. I just want to throw that out there. Well, okay, yeah, but Golden One Center, very specifically, every time he touched the ball, it was like, it was like Buddy T- Buddy Heald had the ball, or Spencer Haas, or Jason Terry, name that that person the Sacramento Kings fans hate. Right? They let him hear it the entire time. I don't know whether it was the crowd that night, or because it's Charlotte and everyone thought the Kings were going to beat him by forty, and then they didn't, but. That wasn't the case with Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges walks on the court and he hears a smattering of booze. There's a little bit out there, but it wasn't the same. And again, this is a team that over the, the course of time has crowdsourced. And I, I almost wonder if they didn't crowdsource that night and go, huh, well, the reaction wasn't that bad. And that to me is it's very odd to say that, but. They also, like, over the last couple of days, they very well could have, like, said, no, we have no interest in that player. We would not trade for that player. We haven't heard it. So I almost wonder if they're just, like, sitting back and going, okay, can we can we get by with this? And how bad would the retribution be? And how angry would people be? And I think that that may be a bad question to ask because just because people didn't boo him like they did Josh Getty, 
I think the fan reaction to this would be off the charts bad. Agreed. And I think, but that's, you know, the great thing about it is, though, we have something called Twitter and a Twitter poll if you want to <laughs> if you want to dive into that, James, at all. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, maybe. I mean, maybe we do need to crowdsource this thing more, but I don't need to crowdsource it. No. I know how I feel about it. I would stay stay away with a 10-foot pole. I would not come close to it. I, I understand the, the, the thought process of, oh, well, it's Sacramento. It's a very slow lifestyle. He'd probably come here. He would live close to the, to, to the arena. He would just hoop, and that's it. And maybe that you put him in the right environment. He could thrive. I still don't trust the dude. I just don't trust him. You've been given X amount of chances, and you keep on messing up. And it comes to the point where it's like, okay, when do when's enough and is enough? When when do I say, yeah, this isn't a good guy. He don't get it. He doesn't understand it. He can make as much money as he wants. He can go to as many classes and conferences as he wants. He will never get it. And until he does get it, then maybe things change. But I wouldn't stay. I stay away from it. From it with a ten foot pole, would not touch it. Don't want it. No interest in it. Ride with the same guys we have right now. Yeah, and I'm going to add to this. I, I don't even know that, like, you don't need to be the team that that rehabilitates somebody. No. You don't need to be—and by rehabilitate, I don't mean, like, changes who he is as a person. I mean rehabilitates who how he's viewed. You don't need to be that team. So, like, I have this policy with my sons, right? Shoot. Ooh, I like this. I, I do. I have a policy with my sons. It's a father teaching moment. Let's it go. It is. It is. And I, I say, like, look, like, people make mistakes, Right. But you don't have to make the mistake yourself to learn from it. You can sit back and watch somebody else make a mistake. You can say, hey, don't do that to one of your friends who might be making a mistake. But if they don't want to listen to you, the key is that you can learn from the mistake they make. You can see the punishment that they get. You can, like, you don't have to be, you can still have the same experience of learning from a mistake, but without making it yourself. And that's kind of where I'm at with this, like, you don't need to be the team. You have a good vibe. You have a good fan base that wants to cheer you on. Everything is going well. Sure, you're six games over 500 when people wish you were 12. But that doesn't mean that you're not still a quality franchise with a quality coach and a quality front office that just won all of these awards and had all of this acclaim and everybody's cheering you on. You're the, the bell of the ball. This is a good way to not be the bell of the ball anyway. It's a good way to lose a lot of season ticket holders it's a good way to have people just walk in or go look at who's playing tonight and say oh no i'm not going to i'm not going to a game anymore because i don't want to support domestic violence and you have a domestic violence can a guy who pled no contest pleading no contest is not the same as pleading guilty but it means that you know there's no way for you to win that's what pleading no contest means. You and then, know. And they did it again. That you're going to lose a court case. So, no, I didn't plead guilty. Mm, okay. But if you didn't, you were going to lose. So, I, I don't know how. Like, go out there, watch. If Kings fans need education on this, just type in. Look at the videos of the small children calling their grandma, uh, you know, talking about what's, what's happening with dad and mom. It's It's horrific. Kevin Porter has been ejected from the league, just like shot out of a cannon and like, you're gone. We don't ever want to see you again. But Miles Bridges isn't. Uh, there's Yikes. The, the, the evidence is way more stacked on one player than it is on the other. And if you're the Sacramento Kings, why? He's an unrestricted free agent after the year. You could bring him in. You could trade for him. Give up an asset. And then... Lose him for nothing after taking just a PR nightmare hit. Like, what is, like, do you think he's going to make you a championship team? No. He's going to add defensive stuff, but that's it. But he hasn't won anything in Charlotte. Why would you think that he's going to make you a championship contender? So I'm just so baffled by that idea. Now, whether they're going to do that, uh, sorry, do that or not, I, I don't know. I don't think so, but, like, who knows? But that's where I'm at, man. I like, I don't, I don't like to be around people who have done that. I would never associate with that. Someone associate like that. with it at all. There, there will be not a lot of coverage of him. Like, there won't be positive pieces about him. 
it's just not what a franchise that's trying to grow and trying to get over the hump. And like, sure, you're getting a a very undervalued asset. There's a reason why it's an undervalued asset. And that's where I'm at. James Ham's Parenting Handbook on sale starting this July <laughs> right here on ESPN 1320, $12.99, folks. <laughs> you might get a signed copy if you order the first 500 books coming Look, out in July. Yeah, I mean, I just like... Sorry. <laughs> it, it's all right, Jake. You don't need to be that team that, that makes a mistake. You can let someone else be that team. Yes, no. And and you the, 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 the parenting point on that is saying... If you've already seen someone else deal with it, why would you want to be a part of that and put yourself in that situation? Is, is you hit the nail on the head? Yeah. Why do you want your to have your car taken away? Like they lost their car, you saw it, right? They don't get to drive to school anymore. You're not going to the prom anymore. They they don't get to go to prom. Yeah, well, yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you? What what's the point of what, what's the reward of that? Oh, to look cool for thirty seconds? Yeah. No, you already saw what it looks like and what the like. You got a team that again is rudderless in in Charlotte. And, and I think every day regrets the fact that they brought him back, mm-hmm. but felt like they had no other option. So, yeah, really, really odd situation. Uh, like, look, Jake, I think that's a, that's all I'm going to say about this until something like this happens. I agree. I think we're speculating a lot. I don't know. If I don't know if we're speculating. I think we're just, like, laying out the case of why you wouldn't do something. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not speculating whether he's going to be traded to the Kings or not. I, I can tell you that there's a report out there that the Kings have, have had interest that's all I can tell you. Uh, outside of that, like there has not been a report saying that the Kings have no interest. So you know that it is what it is. I, I'm gonna leave it right there. There's better options. They, they're the better option is just not to do anything. That's a better option. Yes. Like don't that, put yourself in that situation. So all right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk Niners. Ooh. We're done with this conversation. Bang bang, not a gang. <laughs> Jake is on fire. Uh, You're listening to The Insiders on ESPN 1320, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. See you in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 